Boom! There it is, ladies and gents. Communication is the key. Whether you're podcasting, talking to your team, or talking to customers, you got to have the right type of conversation. Well, today, we're going to talk all about that. Let's get this show on the road. Let's communicate with y'all. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you and welcome to another episode of Business Boss. Business owners don't usually have the skills, the processes, and the tools to be successful right out the gate. They need to develop as an entrepreneur, but all too often they get stuck in their business and sadly burn out. That's where a good coach comes in. Sometimes it takes an outside look at your habits, your processes, your procedures, and communication skills to help you get back in gear and focused on your success. What's the key to all that? Communication, baby. The more effective you can communicate your vision, your products, your services, and your processes and procedures, the more successful you will be in business. And today's guest is a master at all levels of communication and is here to share his highly effective approach to navigate professional communication. Let's welcome to the show from Professional Presentation Services, Ryan Warner. It's over. almost had Deadpool come in a little too early there. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Ryan. <laughs> wow. If I wasn't jacked up before, I am now. This is, uh, it's got it pumping over here. Hey man, you're a professional communicator. My thought is simple. If I can just give you some energy from my side of the screen and pass it on to your side, we're going to have some fun today, right? <laughs> it worked. It worked. <laughs> All right, man, let's jump into this thing. Uh, there are a lot of different things that you could have gone into business with. Give me a little bit of your background and, and of course, why are you doing this? Because I want to know. <laughs> so yeah, background, actually, I'm a professor and I was always in academia, always loved research, but I really loved learning and learning specifically about people and how they came to their decisions, how they thought, how they, they spoke was, I always found as a reflection of what they were thinking. So it always kind of intrigued me. I went down that road and then at some point I was kind of uh, brought into corporate to do some, some training, some coaching. And I just, I caught the bug. I just loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved connecting with uh, with corporate professionals and helping them level up and unlock their full potential and giving them the tools that they need to really you know crush it out there in the world. So that's kind of a, a quick version of, of what happened. Well, let me throw myself on the couch here for a second. When you listen to how people speak and what it says about them, you've known me for like three minutes, man. What, what does it say about me the way I speak? I think you choose your vernacular, the way that you speak and your intonation and your inflection for a reason. I think it brings a lot of energy. I think it's very attractive to listeners. And I think that you, it's kind of been honed over time to kind of maximize the, the, you know, the output that you have. Oh, a hundred percent. A thousand plus episodes uh, will get you the practice that you need in your communication skills. Or at least it worked for me, man. I don't know. When you do something over and over and over again, it gets better and better. So uh, explain to me, like what, what do you get hired to do now? So nowadays, often when I get brought into, it could be a, a number of training, a different uh, variety of training. Sometimes it's leadership. 
a lot of team cohesiveness and, and building positive cultures lately, conflict resolution. Sometimes it is presentation skills and pitching and things like that. Nowadays, after, uh, I guess, post-pandemic, a lot of the, the youngsters, the entry-level folks are coming in and they're kind of adapting to the corporate environment after so many years of, of being online and never actually stepping foot in, into an office. So some of that um, kind of assimilation and getting, getting things done and being productive in that environment. So those are the types of, of training. And then coaching, I, I usually stick to executive coaching. So I usually focus on executives and, and honing their leadership skills and then the communication uh, that comes with that. That whole new generation that's coming in the pipe, that Generation Z, spends so much time on screens. They're fully aware of how like Zoom works, and that's just kind of their MO. This is where they want to be. And you're kind of dealing with uh, company cultures when you got to come into the office. What are you noticing when you have those, I mean, extreme, you got... You know, Generation X, which, you know, grew up without screens versus Gen Z with nothing but screens. How are you getting that culture to kind of get together and work out? Yeah, it's kind of interesting you asked. So I wrote an article on that for HR Magazine a little while ago. And one of the components of it is that it, the solution is everyone needs to work together. Like the, the older generation needs to understand that the younger generation didn't have the same comeuppance that they did. Right. And, you know, for many, many years, it was pretty much the same, like, you know, like the thirties, the forties, the fifties, the sixties, the there wasn't too much technology change, but in the last 20 years, technology has changed so much that, uh, you know, people coming now that the new generation coming in, the Gen Z's, as you said, you know, they know the, they can find out the answer to anything in half a second on their phones. And they, and they know how to exactly where to look to get exactly the correct instructions and then move forward where the, the Gen X is that would take them like 10 minutes, right? You ever see your, you know, your grandfather or grandparent try to put in their password on Netflix, it like, it's like agonizing, right? Oh, so <laughs> drags, man, it drags, it drags. So really the solution is you have to kind of inform and educate both on where the each other's coming from respectively and how different strategies on how they like to communicate and how they can work productively with them. But the, for the problem, if left, you know, if, if just left, uh, you know, unhelped, it really does cause problems and friction down the road. Yeah, that uh, that communication skills is huge. Hey, hit me up, dude. Just reach out on my on my Discord. We'll be good. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait, wait, wait. Discord is that an app? What am I supposed to do with that? How am I supposed? To... No, we use Slack. No, I mean we use email. Like, dude, there's so many different things, and not just that. Like, techn technology has advanced uh, dramatically, but post COVID, people's acceptance of the technology has also drastically shifted. And we've had a, a big shift in people's identities as to what they call work, right? Driving into an office is a different concept today for a lot of people who are entering the workplace because they could just work remotely. Mm -hmm. uh, how are you coordinating that kind of remote work culture with in-house you know, brick and mortar culture? Well, each company does it differently. So it really depends on the value. Some companies are saying we need people in person, all especially like when I work in the pharmaceutical company, the health sciences and, and some of those industries, they actually do need people in there, in their offices so that they can have, I have conversations with regard to, you know, wording and disclaimers and also scientific discoveries and such. But oh, with other companies who have that, the luxury of working from home, there really does need to be a conscious effort made to strengthen those bonds, to build that communication pipeline and make sure that the right hand knows what the left hand's doing. So a lot of that comes premeditated and that comes from up above. If that's one of the biggest mistakes that leadership makes nowadays is they just expect that people will be able to work together in sync and everything will be fine. 
when really it takes a little bit more than that nowadays when we have people working remotely from all parts of the world. You have a, uh, a book out, The Effective uh, present, Presenter. Um, tell me a little bit about what that is, how people can get a hold of it, and you know, what's the importance of it? What are you going to find there? Sure, yeah. So The Effective Presenter, I have it right here, The Winning Formula for Business Presentations. The impetus, I'll just tell you a quick backstory. So I, I'm only one person, and I was doing this in parallel with my professorship for so long that my time was kind of getting scarce. So I decided to, it was requested a lot. Can you just make a resource for us we can refer to when we have to give a presentation so we don't have to bug you all the time? So I ended up, you said, yeah, you know what? I'll, enough people bothered me about it. I said, okay, fine. You, you bullied me into it. I'll sit down and I'll write it. So I ended up writing uh, an actual framework, step-by-step -step guide to go through. And depending on your unique circumstances, it'll move the needle the most in your favor and give you the highest probability of success. And we're talking like uh, business presentations, like to your company. We're talking sales presentations, like pitch decks. What, what kind of presentations are we focused on here? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So it, it really is made for any type of situation. So it could be an interview when you're presenting yourself. It goes through identifying what your desired outcome is and what's a secondary, what's a third and how to find that out. Because a lot of people say like, you know, they think, okay, I need to know what a win looks like, but really, how do I figure that out? Same thing with step two. Uh, who is your intended audience? Who do you, who are you going to speak to? And again, knowing what their name is and their title doesn't really help you, but knowing how they process information and what they like to see, what they're interested in, what they value, those are things you need to find out so you can incorporate those. So it's really made for, I made it as general to fit any speaking situation, uh, sales, like I, like you said, you brought up uh, quarterly updates, even anything internally or externally. Negotiation is a little bit trickier. There, there is a little bit of negotiation tactics and techniques in the book, but that's that's a little bit more of a skill. It's a little bit more um, in person on, on like you can't really you know, learn that in advance and say, okay, this is the script. I'm going to go through with it because there's too much at uh, in flux. So much that can drastically change, but at least, you know, with a framework, it totally helps to simplify the process today uh, in class. Uh, by the way, I teach high school seniors, 17 year old high school seniors. We're talking about uh, advertising in class. And so I gave them some templates to kind of, design headlines for their stuff. And, you know, I don't know what their writing skills are. I teach math, right? I don't know exactly what their writing skills are, but having the template in place makes it so much easier for them to just go in, plug, play, and kind of move forward. I feel like that's kind of what you're describing here. It's kind of a plug and play for whatever business uh, presentation you need to do. Did I, did I hear you correctly? No, that's absolutely correct. It is. It's made specifically to be plug and play. Early in my career, I worked with a lot of engineers and a lot of finance folks. And typically, people who are in those areas, they tend to have a, a thought process and they follow frameworks. They're very easy for them to, to comprehend and to work with. They're not as abstract and, and as creative. So definitely, it was made to be simplified. It was definitely made that so that anyone can look at it and achieve a high level of success. So who's the ideal client for you? I mean, there's so many different levels of entrepreneurship. Uh, I mean, you, you you spoke how you like to work with business executives, uh, but there's, again, there's so many levels of being a business executive as well. What's your ideal customer? Yeah, you know, that's a great question too. It's changed over the years. I was thinking about that the other day because nowadays when I do a training session or I give a keynote, it's not uncommon for the most senior person in the room, be it the director or the CEO, the founder to approach me and say, I like, I love buying everything you're saying. Can you work with a couple of my staff individually, a couple of my team? And I need you to work with my COO and, and et cetera, et cetera. 
but very rarely do they ever approach me and say, I need you to work with me, mm. right? Like, so people are phenomenal at spotting, you know, communication deficiencies in others and, and gaps, but they're really, they have a tough time identifying it themselves. So I've had a handful of times when a CEO or a leader themselves will approach me and say, I know I could be doing better. And I know that I don't always have the best word choice and the best approach. Can you help me? Can you work with me? Those are the folks I love working with. That That's what? like, yeah. Why do you think that is? Why do you think? Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I know the reason for my own self, right? I mean, I, I'll give you I'll give you my own example. So uh, I've been working out a lot, right? For the last few years, I, I run incessantly, so like six miles a day, push ups, oh. sit ups every single day. It's, it's nuts, right? And I found this picture of myself in 2012, 10 years ago, right? And I'm I'm debating because I'm kind of. You know, I'm not super confident enough to take a picture with my shirt off, but I'm debating doing like, you know, the this is me at 30, this is me at 40 picture, right? And showing that drastic change. But to like, at some point, look in the mirror and say, holy crap, dude, like, this is not where I want to be. I need to make a change. I don't think we as humans accept that decision and go out and seek the help that we're looking for. We look at ourselves and we're like, yeah, I could do better. But to actually seek the help, that's a little bit difficult. Why do you think people hold back? I think one, uh, the, the, the big problem that sticks out to me or the, the big red flag and what you just said about the story about you and, and becoming more fit. If fitness is something you can measure and you can see it with the eye, it's very easy to tell I'm out of shape or I could be in better shape or, oh, I'm getting in better shape now. This is paying off. The work's working. It's, it's a little bit more subjective with communication because the results you, you can't like, they're a little bit intangible. You can't measure the opportunities that you miss out on because your communication is not optimized, right? There might be a conference you weren't sent to a promotion you were overlooked for. And they're not going to tell you, Oh, by the way, we, we thought about you for a second, but we realized that, you know, Jimmy speaks better. So we're going to give it like that. They're not going to tell you that, but that is what happens when companies are promoting people. And for you entrepreneurs out there, when you're pitching, like th that's something they're not going to say. They're not going to give you the feedback when you're pitching for investments or you're, you know, launching a new product or anything like that. They're not going to tell you why, but you know, dollars to donuts, that's what happens. It's that your, your word choice wasn't the best. It didn't fit the situation. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of people, it goes, it goes unrecognized and, and people, we all have blind spots, especially with ourselves. 100%. And when it comes to communication, there's a lot of places out there that'll help you. For example, um, I know a lot of people that I've spoken to have gone through Toastmasters, for example, getting ready to step on a stage, your presentation skills. How does what you do differ from something like that? Yeah, that's a that's another interesting question. So initially, I I did do some of that. I did do some um, building speaking confidence and, and things of that nature. But oftentimes, it's more what I found is through the process, it's not so much what the the language with the vocabulary is or even the confidence to deliver it it's changing someone's approach and when i found out through just through experience when i you know talking to all these leaders sometimes they they say i want to say this you know we have a you know change management coming up we're changing our structure internally and these people need to know x y and z so i'm going to tell them a b and c and through that process i was able to, i'm able to discern that okay you're looking at this through the wrong lens like you're not going to say, okay, what you were doing before was slow and inefficient. So we're going to change it to something faster and more efficient. 
like that's not gonna that's not gonna work right you need to look at it like we're gonna help you become more successful and we're gonna give you the tools you need because that's ultimately gonna help everyone win so sometimes it's it's more changing the lens changing the perspective that informs the word choice and the language and then the delivery so it's kind of like like links in a chain if you just have delivery skills that's great you'll be able to deliver what you want effectively but is it what they need to hear that mm. or is it not does that make sense Oh, it totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's like in advertising, right? Like, you know, if, if you, I'll give you a perfect example. This is what I've been thinking about myself for my own show, right? So the two products that we sell here on the show is let me help you start a podcast and, mm -hmm. uh, and let me handle your social media. Well, that sounds super boring. But if I say something like, look, let me help make you famous in your industry, that sounds a lot better because the problem is they're invisible. And if I don't turn my, my, whatever my approach is and look at it from their perspective, from the person who actually wants to start a podcast or the person who needs help with their social media, then I'm saying the words, but I'm not reaching their, their, their problem. I'm not hitting them in the heartstrings so that they can want to take action. Am, am I hearing you correctly there? Yeah. And the biggest problem you, so yes, you are hearing me correctly. And I love the, uh, the analogy, but the, the biggest problem that I find and that I have found is that oftentimes people take communication skills for granted. And mm -hmm. I don't mean necessarily the folks themselves, I mean the leaders. So again, for all you entrepreneurs, all you leaders out there, when you're hiring someone, when you're bringing someone in entry level or otherwise, you cannot simply expect that they'll be able to communicate and convey um, what's on their mind or ideas, concepts accurately and effectively. Like simply, that's just not the case. But a lot of people do. You know, a lot of people, they just expect, well, I hired you for this position. You did well in the interview. You should be able to lead a meeting. No problem. Right. It's, it's kind of like, you know, I, I compare it sometimes to like boxing. Like you're like, you know how to throw a punch, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can punch someone. Okay. Go ahead. Go fight that UFC fighter. It's like, you're going to get, you're going to get crushed um, because there's a difference between, yeah, just basically thinking it. Yeah. I've done it before. I can try versus no, I've, I've trained, I've practiced, I've mastered that I can deliver, right? That those are two totally different things. How has uh, the classroom, I mean, you mentioned how you were a professor before, uh, it, it, same with me, right? I, I teach in high school seniors. And, and when you're talking about communication, I, I like to say dumb it down, but it's not really dumb it down. It's really simplify things, right? When you look at presidential candidates at the level that they speak at, they want you to speak at like a third or fifth grade level. Um, when you're talking about these communication skills, how has the classroom helped you become a better communicator and is it true that we have to really like lower the, the words that we use, maybe less syllables to be able to communicate effectively? You know, when I first started, um, when I was first teaching and I loved it, I, I always did. Actually, I started out like you. I was in elementary and I was in high school. Um, then I became a professor and, and a community college and then now a university. And all the way along, now that I'm transitioning more and more into corporate, I thought to myself, oh, I should have done this 10 years ago. Corporate's way more fun. It's, it's you know, I love doing it. And look at all the time I wasted in academia and education. But to be honest with you, that really did prepare me for what I'm doing now. And the a couple of key reasons. First is, you know, you teach so many different age levels, so many different uh, demographics. You learn that you need to front load your lessons with value, with interest to build intrigue and engagement or else nothing's going to stick. And mm -hmm. you can have the the most you know valuable knowledge you can tell them the meaning of life if they're not listening they're not it doesn't matter right so you really it, it helped me to learn how to design uh training to design uh, and structure my communication so that it lands most effectively 
I mean, it had supplemental benefits, of course. It got you know, I, I'm very comfortable speaking in front of people. I know how to prepare things. I know how to set up, and I have kind of a general stage presence. Uh, but I think ultimately, at the end of the day, that's one thing it, it really helped me to do was to understand people and what they gravitate to. I had to teach. I remember one time I was teaching community college, a group of uh, students who are going to become uh, professional mechanics and mechanical engineers, and it became qu really quickly. I it became apparent that they don't really care how to write an essay. Like that, that's mm -hmm. not valuable for them, you know. Um, and and word choice is is only important if it's if they're customer facing, for example. So. I had to really to think it through and think, how can I give them value? How can I show them the value of communication and how can they use it in their, their respective careers in the future? So that's just um, a little example. But as you said, um, being concise with your word choices is very effective, especially because oftentimes uh, people are busy, time is money. And if you can be more concise, it is important in person. However, an email can be taken a little bit cold. So just be cautious with that. You might want to couch that a little bit with some uh, pleasantries, depending on the situation. But um, sorry, did I did I go? No, I no, yeah, that. that was good. That was good. That was good. I mean, you you essentially answered that, right? And I, I agree with you. It's funny because I some of my classroom management skills or some of the ways I I grade some stuff I learned from like kindergarten and elementary school teachers, and I teach high school seniors, but it still works. It, it's like some of those fundamentals that you have. Uh, in your classroom, kind of they translate to other areas of life as well. Uh, for example, like this podcast, I love coming on here and talking to people, learning from them uh, in the same way that I love going to the classroom and then sharing the information that I learned with my students. It's, it's, it's super powerful to be first, you know, the student and then and then to teach some of the concepts that you've learned. Um, when you hop on stages, when you were first getting started, how much of those first nerves and mistakes became part of your framework and lessons that you taught going forward? Yeah. You know, when I was younger, I was never, I'm trying to think back now, teaching elementary school and, and high school, I was, I was, I was fine with that. That wasn't really nerve wracking for me. Teaching college for the first time was, and I think the reason was because some of my students were, were much more, much older than I was. Mm -hmm. And so there was always that, that dynamic in the classroom when I was doing high school and elementary school, there was, you know, the authority was at the front, you know, but when all of a sudden you're teaching, like I said, a group of engineers or, and nowadays it's health science, there's a lot of like doctors, MDs, PhDs. And so it, it, that, that really was where the nerves set in a little bit because I'm thinking, Am I boring them? Am I telling them something they don't, they already know? How, what can I do to give them value? Cause that's, that's my whole thing when I'm speaking and I'm doing a keynote or anything like that, any training, it's like, how can I maximize the time that I have with you? Um, so, so that, that some of the, that had some of the jitters, some of the butterflies then, but ultimately at the end of the day, uh, the best thing to do is to adopt that, the helping mindset that I'm here to help. And I, you know, I compare it all the time. I wrote a metaphor in my book that, if you were walking down the street and you saw, you know, an elderly man or woman fall down, you wouldn't think twice about helping them up. It could be, you know, a million people watching and you're not going to stop. You're just going to help them up because it's your instinct. So with that in mind, when we're helping people, we're much less nervous. So mm. think that through before. So you mentioned uh, people who are older than you or smarter than you. And that's one of those things that leaders kind of have to deal with, right? You hire people who are smarter than you. You hire people who, or you surround yourself with people who are really good at their jobs. And that idea of, oh shit, I'm in a bad spot right now. That's the imposter syndrome kind of setting in. I love how you said that you're focusing your attention on bringing value. Any tips for people who feel like, 
man, I'm in this situation. I'm in this room. I'm, I'm starting to feel intimidated that, you know, any tips that they can use to really bring value, like what does value essentially mean and how do you bring it? Yeah. So the first thing, first thing that sprang to mind when you were saying that is to call it out. So I, I immediately told them that I said, listen, everyone in this room is extremely intelligent. There's no question about that. And many of you are most likely more intelligent than me. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend the next X amount of minutes um, showing, walking you through some things. And I'm going to please let me know if you have any questions. I'm going to give you as much as I can during this time. Like, so I would, you know, you call that out and you're kind of setting the tone and people sort like immediately there's like a rapport. You're, you're kind of throwing out a lifeline there and saying like, let's connect. This is cards on the table. I'm being genuine. Like, let's see if we can't uh, work together on this. You but, got the Eminem approach, right? <laughs> to me, that's what it was, right? You ever watched the movie Eight Mile, right? Yeah, like, yeah, right. Like he mile, just yeah. comes out and he's like, man, he starts laying out all his flaws right off the bat. And then you don't really have anything to say after that. Now it's like, okay, yes, you are human after all. Now tell me how you're going to bring value. That's a great, that's a great ploy. That's a great strategy right there. Yeah, well, you know what? I can't take credit for it. I learned it when I, I work with a lot of law firms and lo when lawyers do it in the courtroom, they call it getting the ugly out. So they'll have a defendant that's done all this. I know that he's done this and that and that, but, and then they'll go over and they'll talk about, you know, the, so they say, they call it out right away and then it has less power. It has less. So if you, you do that and, and it really does it, be honest, be upfront. And I always tell my, my clients, everyone I'm training forecast, 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 tell them what's coming, tell them what's happening with you, tell them what's going on. Right. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm nervous and I'm shaking a little bit, which doesn't happen too often anymore, thankfully, but I would always just say, I'm really excited today. I'm a little bit nervous. So you might, I might tremble a little bit, but you know, I'm, I'm happy everyone's here. I can't believe there's so many people came to see me today. And that's just a, a technique that really does, you know, puts a smile on their face and, and humans, we all have mirror neurons. So when we see people smile back at us, it kind of puts us at ease, right? That's why we smile at babies to get them to laugh. But, uh, but yeah. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. Cause that's exactly right. You are nervous already. And the moment you admit it to everybody, then it kind of goes away. It's not something that's bothering any, you anymore because you have no reason to hide it anymore. It's just like now, now those nerves turn to excitement, right? And, and same physiological feelings, but you're now excited to be on the stage versus nervous. You already let them know that like, y'all people are smarter than me, but this is what I'm going to bring. Um, I was always taught that, uh, especially when you're doing keynotes and you've done a lot of keynotes, uh, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then remind them what you told them. I hear that over and over again as a professional communicator. What, what do you think about that approach? It's a little bit boring. Uh, truth be told for, to me, it's a little bit boring, but it does for, for people who are, um, who have suffer from stage fright, who have, uh, anxiety and everyone has it to some degree, but to some people who it's really strong. Um, we would say, yeah, definitely do that. Have one main message and then anchor everything to that. And that's kind of how I coach those for myself. I'm again, I'm like, how much can I give you in the time? So I got 45 minutes coming up in Montana next month. All right. I got to figure this out. What can I tell these, these I'm speaking at the Montana Brewers Association. So they're all brewers in the brewing industry or they're, you know, like sometimes marketing, et cetera. So I got to find something for that. And I am, I have a couple ideas. I've been starting to work on it and it just, I don't know. I, I kind of get jacked up when I start writing about it because I'm like, I'm going to be sitting there. I can talk about A, B, and C. And it's going to be a lot of fun.
it, it, when you're prepared, you just feel a lot more relaxed, right? I mean, look, I'm ready to bring X, Y, Z. Man, I ran out of time. I wish I could have brought you, you know, X, Y, Z over here. It's mm -hmm. cool, man. Let's let's kind of move forward. In my mind, it's like, look, I didn't get to all this stuff. But if you want to connect with me, I can go over X, Y, Z, right? And that, that's that's one of those things where it leads into continuing conversations. You take that crowd with you. They tend to want to follow you. You leave some curiosity on the table. At, at work? Absolutely. And, and that's exactly why I wrote the book, because I have always found that I'm at my best when I know it's going to land. I know it's going to work and I can stretch it out. It's kind of like, like a comedian. They know they tested the joke before. They know everyone's going to laugh and they can kind of play with the delivery to get the, the timing right. And so the result they want, right? Like imagine you're going to do something, play a sport, whatever, engage in activity, and you already know you're going to be successful. And you just enjoy the ride because you know you're going right. to win no matter what, right? So when you when you follow the framework in, in outlined in my book for presentations, anyhow, then you've done that. Like it's it's going to work. It's going to fall in your favor. So you can just enjoy the time, enjoy everyone's eyeballs on you, enjoy the reaction. You can build some rapport, throw in a joke or two because you know it's you're going to get the outcome. So just enjoy the experience. Be prepared, baby. Enjoy the show. Be on stage. Brian, <laughs> before we head out, man, I want to make sure people are, you know, they know how to find you, how to get a copy of your book. Let people know how to do that. Absolutely. So my book's available on Amazon and everywhere else books are sold. I always mention Amazon because for some reason they have the best price. But uh, yeah, it's available everywhere on Apple. It's also available on Audible and everywhere audiobooks are sold too. Um, please feel free to grab a copy and, and please leave me a comment. I'm I'm always curious to hear feedback. So yeah, definitely let that rip. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on there. You can also send me an email. Uh, my website's Professional Presentation Services. And always happy to chat, happy to see if we can't uh, unlock your potential and get you where you want to go. Sweet. All right, ladies and gents, look, communication is key. If you are afraid to just stand up and talk to people or you're not sure if you're going to be a good leader because you don't know what to say, you got to hit up people like Ryan. They're going to help you do that. Set your skills in motion. It's not an overnight thing, but it will. your future you will thank you if you start taking action today. So make sure you guys go to professionalpresentationservices.com, professionalpresentationservices.com. Talk to Ryan. Get at least a consultation. Have that conversation. You never know what doors are going to open. As long as you walk through them, the opportunity will be there. Uh, Ryan, I got one more question for you, my friend. As a professional communicator, uh, we love video testimonials. What was your experience like on the Business Bros? It was high energy. It was fun. And I would definitely recommend it to anyone out there who has the opportunity. Oh, there it is, ladies and gents. Short, sweet, and to the point. Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, if you guys need help, with your podcasting or your social media stuff, help you get famous a little bit in your industry. Make sure you guys hit us up, businessbros.biz. We'll catch you guys again on the next one. Peace, and we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started.